everyone, and welcome to A Nightmare on Fear Street. A monstrous podcast about all things horror. If you like what you hear today, then you can follow us on all of the usual socials or subscribe to our Patreon for bonus content and merch. You can find all of that by visiting us at allmylinks.com backslash A Nightmare on Fear Street or in our episode descriptions wherever you're listening to this podcast at. All right, everyone. Today we're covering The Rage, Carrie 2 with Destination 180. Pew, pew, pew. This continues our month of We Get By with a Little Help from Our Friends, where we invite a bunch of our favorite podcasts to hang out with us and talk yes. about random ass movies. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so today we have AJ and John A from Destination 180. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, we're going to start with just discussing the podcast. So tell us, tell us about your podcast. Um, Jenna, you want me to take this one? <laughs> <laughs> that's like that's literally our friendship. Like, you just do it, girl. Um, <laughs> I forced Jenna to do this <laughs> against her will. <laughs> against my will. I was excited. <laughs> no, she was happy to do it. I'm joking. <laughs> But I had, for a long time, I had been listening to podcasts, horror podcasts, and I was just like, okay, I feel like I can do this. Because even, you know, you be talking to the podcast, you're like, yeah, you got a point there, and I feel this way. And I'm like, why don't I just do this myself? But I didn't want to do it by myself. Like, I already had the name, the concept. So Janae always goes out on Halloween with me. That's like my Halloween buddy. And I was like... Johnny would do it with me. I'm just going to ask her. So I literally pulled up on her. I was like, I want to do this podcast. It's called blah, 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 blah. You want to do it with me? She was like, yeah. So I literally dragged her to my house. It was quarantine. We live in our own spaces. So I was like, yeah, you can come over. It's fine. We're going to break rules. And we recorded four episodes in like two weeks. And Jesus, we had no idea what we were doing. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Johnny would just be sitting in the back like, mm-hmm. <laughs> just like how I am now <laughs> and then you know we figured it out we kind of like reformatted the show to me introducing my friend to horror but in all Destination 180 is obviously a play on Final Destination mainly the third movie so we're kind of like taking the amusement park theme and bringing it to y'all and it's so crazy that since we started the podcast, this is when we started finding other creators that were similar to us. Because at first, we it was just like all white men, and we was just like, okay, well, <laughs> listen. <laughs> no, literally, it wasn't until we got an Instagram that we found you guys, girl. That's scary, um, scary crit podcast. Like it wasn't until then that we started seeing other people like us, and we was like, oh, well, this is cool. Come on, little community, and we here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, awesome. Yeah, I actually saw a really funny po- a TikTok the other day about Final Destination. It first it started with the the log truck and the the windshield of the car, or whatever. And then it cut to this girl, and she was like, "Clearly, these people have not watched Final Destination 2. She was like, I, "This is a privilege because I can't go through life without thinking about Final Destination." Exactly. You go to the teddy bed, Final Destination. You go to a spa, Final right. Destination. You go to the airport, Final Destination. You go out to eat lunch, Final Destination. Mm-mm. This is a constant <laughs> reminder to watch your back, follow the signs, please, because <laughs> yes, things be thinking, and we need mm-hmm. to watch. Okay. Yeah. I don't even drive, but I'm in my friend's car, and we're behind a log truck. I'm like, nope. you need to switch lanes. I don't care what your GPS just told you. You need to switch lanes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm still here today. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. So we're going to transition a little bit and talk about each of you individually. So, AJ, what's your favorite scary movie? Oh, well, is this a scream question? No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we may have been inspired by something, you know. Right. Everybody <laughs> that knows me and John Nays in the lab knows that I am Fred Head and I am Carrie White's keeper. Okay. But because of that, I put those to the side. So I kind of just put those in infinite categories. So I have to stay, and this is going to be cliche, so it's fine. Obviously, my favorite horror movie is Final Destination. For all those reasons we just Mm -hmm. said. Because every day you just like, yeah, nope, not doing that. Nope, I saw that. No, 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 no. I'm just, I feel like, you know, Ned's Declassified. You remember that show? That's Final Destination for the horror fans. It's like, you just need to know, you need to watch and pay attention. So that's my favorite. There you go. So what's your favorite uh, subgenre? Oh, that's hard. Cause I love a slasher. Stab, 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 love it. 
I love um, Supernatural, like Paranormal Activity is one of my favorite franchises. And Creepy Kids, so those three, between Slashers, Creepy Kids, okay. and Paranormal, that little mix. <laughs> That's an interesting mix, I like it. I know, it's like, <laughs> I know, I can never, it's the Libra in me, I can't ever just pick one, it's a problem. <laughs> Happy so, birthday season. Yes, I can't wait. I know it's coming. We got the best season. <laughs> Even though the Scorpios, you know, they got Halloween, but it's fine because it's fine. <laughs> so, what's your horror origin story? How did you get into this crazy genre? I was five and I watched Halloween for the first time with my mom and brother. And I think. Like my um, my siblings, the oldest one being born in 71, they're mostly 70s and early 80s babies. Mm -hmm. So me being a 90s baby, I was just like following behind them. You know how it is when you watch younger siblings, you think they're not paying attention or you're gonna do what you wanna do, you know? Mm -hmm. So they will be watching all this stuff. But I specifically remember seeing Halloween and seeing Michael Myers come across that house into Lori's yard where she was watching Tommy and um, Home Little Girl. And I was just like, um, this is next door because I'm from Indiana. I'm like, uh, this is Illinois. Like, <laughs> it's like I don't like that, but I, I liked it. And I don't know, it was just from then, I was just finding myself sneaking to watch stuff. Like, I don't know if you guys remember when Comcast had that large on-demand button. Yes. On yeah. I used to be on on-demand, like watching things all the time. And it just, it's, it snowballed from there. And I just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm excited for these answers. Jonay, what's your favorite scary movie? Mine is kind of cliche. My favorite scary movie is Scream. Mine yes. too, girl. It's fine. I, I love Scream. <laughs> it's it's one of those movies for me that's more like a comfort movie. I can just watch it over and over and over and over again. I love Scream. So are slashers your favorite subgenre? Yes. Slashers. Uh, supernatural horror and uh, possession. Ooh. Love possession. A little weird, but <laughs> we love, love a good possession, you know. Yes, <laughs> That's the exorcism. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, what's your horror origin story? It's a mixture between my mom and the babysitter. So. My mom, she loves sci-fi movies, and I just remember watching the sci-fi channel with her. And so, you know, sometimes sci-fi can creep over into the horror mm -hmm. a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I just remember watching movies with her, and then we'd watch horror movies together. Um, but I know sci-fi was that gateway for me. But then also at the babysitter's house, we were watching Halloween. I'm like six, seven. We're watching Halloween, The Blob, Candyman. <laughs> And I'm going home like, Mama, I saw this. She's like, what the hell? So, <laughs> the babysitter and my mom. <laughs> nice, 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 nice. All right, so let's plug your social media. Where can people find you and where can people find your podcast? You can find me at underscore, and it's all together, underscore who is she. I don't know where I came up with that name. It just it just happened and it stuck. <laughs> you can find you can find the podcast at D180 Podcast on IG and Twitter. Jane. All right. So my social media handles is always my name. So it's at J-O-N-N-E-V like Victoria E-R-E-E. -E, Jane Marie. So that's Instagram, that's Twitter, and maybe Facebook. People get weird on Facebook sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, because like we all we started a Facebook and we started the podcast, but like nobody ever interacts with us there. Um, and so we were like, what are we even doing here? <laughs> no, I just I just share the Facebook posts to my friends and family. They interact. All right. Well, let's get into the rage. Carry two. AJ, Jane, one of you start the conversation with one of your notes, thoughts, ideas, questions, comments, and concerns. So many concerns. <laughs> I'm just going to start with this, okay? I and Jane will tell you I am a person that admits that I like bad movies. <laughs> <laughs> and as I said earlier, I'm Carrie White's keeper. No, you will not talk trash about Carrie White. And I have a soft spot for Rachel Lang as well. But I also understand that this movie is just, uh, it's, 
it's a work of its time. <laughs> Literally a work of its time. And uh, I have so much to say about it, but I'm just going to start there. So I'm just going to throw my hands up and say yes. It's one of my favorites. I think she's on this wall. Where is she? Some right there, somewhere in that little area. Right here. There she is. There she okay. is. But, um, Ooh, child, I just, I'm curious where this conversation is going to go, because where I do have favorite movies and I have soft spots for them, I can also easily call bullshit and be like, yeah, no, no, sis, this isn't, why do we do this? Or maybe we should have went with something else, but I'm still going to enjoy it, though. But that's <laughs> Totally, yeah, for sure. I think this movie tried to do a lot of interesting, good things, and I just think the, the it failed in a lot of the execution for me. Yeah, especially yeah. because they had two directors. Like they had, and I don't even know who the first director was, but apparently they were making it more of like a thriller. And then the studio UA was like, "Ah, eh, no, we 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 wanted it to be a scary movie, and it wasn't even going to be a scary movie at first. It was supposed to just be a standalone film called The Curse. And then they was like, somebody I don't know who it was somebody was like. This is Carrie. Just this is Carrie, sis. Like, just cash in on that. Just change it. So that's when the Rage Carrie Two came about, and then they brought in Cat Shay literally two weeks after they already had been filming all this stuff, and then she came in and had to like redo everything. So mm, I think it was like a lot of that going on. You know that, how that was. That gets into one of my notes because I was like, Carrie's dad would have been dead by the time Rachel was conceived. So how are you going to father her from the grave? That's my question. Like, okay, the Carrie stuff felt very much forced. Like, we've got, we've got to make this a Carrie movie, so we've got to have these flashbacks, which apparently they offered Sissy Spacek uh, like a cameo position, and she said, nah, good. <laughs> but, you can, but you can use footage from the original movie if you want to. Yeah, it just felt very forced. And like, yeah, Sheree, I was doing the math in my head. I was like, okay. So Carrie is 18 in like the 70s. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so her dad had to have been like, at least let's put it on the the lower end and say 20. But then, so then in 1999, so Rachel would have been conceived in like mid 80s. So he would have been like, even I don't know. It just felt. He'd been weird. dead though. He'd been dead because in the original, she was like, "Your father's dead." <laughs> that was one of the things that she said. Well, that mama was crazy too, so she couldn't yeah. have lied. I think she was lying because Dad thought he walked out on her, and the whole town yeah. knew that he walked out. He walked out. He didn't die. He walked out on them, left them because she was, you know, she was just a little too with God at that point. And I mean, it's kind of interesting that they kind of borrowed that because Rachel's mom lies to Rachel and says, "Yeah, girl, your daddy did." Like his name is Bob. Yeah. I mean, I will. It's like some things in some movies I can kind of believe because I do have some friends that got some daddies that's kind of up there. That's and they'd be like, okay, just manage your business, girl. Look, they was just, it was still working. So it was working. And here I am. But I'm still just like, eh. Yeah, that's one of the things. I'm just like half sister is a stretch, but okay, we'll go right. with it. Right, my 20 year gap. I was confused by. I I also this the beginning of this movie gave me big Curse of Michael Myers vibes. Like just like the blue scale, like the nobody's even trying to act. We're just screaming and emoting. I'm just like, what the fuck are we doing? You know what? Now that I think about it, my brother is 20 years older than me. Oh, Okay, yeah, keep going. Never mind. I just <laughs> yeah, my brother, we're definitely 21 years apart, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you just be thinking about stuff, and you just like, hmm. I'm gonna ask some questions when we get done here today. Call <laughs> <laughs> mom and daddy and say, Well, uh, I got some questions for you. Yeah, so for me, just right off the bat, the suicide seems really rushed. And I also question the use of suicide. Like, that was, it just seemed felt like a lot for the first, like, 15 minutes of this movie. I was like, damn, okay. And I thought there could have been a better, maybe a better choice. I don't know. I mean, because... A better lead-up. Yeah. Right, we already get that these, these teenage boys are trash and, like, treating her like garbage. 
do we really need to see that that drove her? Just I don't know. I I always have trouble when films use suicide just because it is so problematic in in today's culture. Right. And I don't want to ever glorify it in any way. And I think that sometimes we lean a little too much. It's kind of like the same thing with when films add rape into it. And it's just mm-hmm. like, does that need to be there though? Like, I don't know. I just was going to say, I agree because I agree that I wish it had been more of a better lead up because that also would have saved the rest of the movie from just coasting the way it did. And because, like I said, I saw this when I was younger. So half of it, I'm just like, oh my God, what the heck is going on? But now that I'm older and can comprehend what's going on, you do have different perspective. But like, I don't know what they could have done. Like maybe if we had have seen more of, if they would have given me more of Lisa and Rachel's relationship, like showing mm-hmm. like they're really best buds. Like this is really all they got. All they have is each other. And then first of all, not y'all trying to make me think that Mina Savari is ugly. Like I was like, now wait a minute. Hold right? <laughs> right, right, right. Who they lying to? Yeah, I'm like, now hold up. And y'all do this a lot, but I'm just like, now we really going to act like this? Is that like no? That's not the right. Point. But if they really had a drove that relationship between the two a little bit further, like that probably would have made more of an impact for me. Like maybe if she was trying to get her to tell her what was wrong or something. I don't know. It could have been more because honestly, the way it plays out, Rachel doesn't find out the whole reason for her doing what she did until the very end. Until the very end, and it's like. I don't know how I feel about that. Like when you first see it, you know, when you first see something, you like, oh, okay, that works. And then, like I said, you watch it again, you start mm-hmm. analyzing stuff and you just like, uh, maybe we could have did something else. I'm not sure. But what were you going to say? I, I was going to basically say the same thing because right now it's written in a way as she's very happy because some boy said something to her last night or did something to her last night. And then she's killing herself because some boy said something to her. And I'm like, that's not a character. That's that is sloppy writing, and that let me know men had been here because um, <laughs> they think highly of themselves, and so of course they're like, Well, <laughs> they live and die by us, so we could just hurt their feelings and they'll leap at lunch. And I'm like, No, 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 yeah. no. I mean, yeah, and I agree. If maybe if they had moved it later on in the film and letting us let us see that character more and see that relationship more, then yeah, it might have been it, it might have been more necessary in my eyes, but it, yeah, it just felt like we got to up the stakes. How do we up the stakes? We'll just have her jump off a building. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like there was, it was just not handled well at all. And also it really drove home that all these high school boys look like they're in their 30s. <laughs> and I was like, who did the casting? Because you're casting like grown ass men and girls who are pushing 20 something. Right. <laughs> so it, it don't feel right. It don't feel good. But it also made me think, because uh, I always say this, I'm like, was Gen X just a mature generation? Because even when I was younger, my sisters always looked grown to me. And I'm like, here I am. I'm about to be 29. And people still mistake me for a high schooler. And I'm like, I'm, I just really want to know. Because a lot when you look at the movie and not even looking at the main characters, when you're looking at all the side characters, I'm like, y'all look grown as hell. And I'm trying to figure out, was this just the time? Or are y'all really just grown as hell? Like, what is it? Yeah. No, because I know that WB was notorious for like these 35-year-olds are high schoolers now. And I feel like this movie took a page out of that book because they were just like, oh yeah, no, come on over. And it's like, he's 40. He can't be in this high school scene. I don't know who the coach is and who's the child. I need you to fix this. (laughs) Can we talk about Sue? Yes, please. I'm like, okay, Obviously, y'all did this for fan service, but it was like, we could have done so much more with this character. I have extensive notes on here. Hold on, my phone locked itself. It's tired of me already. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so her being a guidance counselor, cool. That's great because obviously we see how her character played out in the end of the movie. She felt super bad for what she did to Carrie. So, okay, that would kind of make sense that she probably would want to take that route. But you're telling me She's a guidance counselor at the newly remodeled school because the school is called Bates High School, like the original school. So she's a new guidance counselor here. And that's all we're doing with her. Like, I I feel like she should have had a bigger role. Mm -hmm. They basically, even with not just Sue, a lot of the characters are literally copy and paste of the first Carrie movie. So you got Mm -hmm. Sue Snail, who is basically Miss Collins or Mr. Jardin, whichever version you want to call her. Then you got what um, 
Mark, Eric, and Tracy, which is basically Chris, Billy, and Norma. Like, it's literally just like, okay, we just gonna switch these genders. We just gonna do this and do that. But my thing was Sue, I just don't like how that character was handled at all. I feel like they could have did a lot more. And then I just don't like how all the men in this movie, oh my gosh, Jesus. I could write was, a novel. <laughs> it was the first cop when the girl, um, after Lisa does what she did and they find out that it's Eric's fault. And he's like, are you just trying to save a girl that killed herself 20 years ago? I'm like, not you gaslighting her like this. Like, now hold up. Now what if she, it don't matter. Like, why are we not taking this seriously? Like, he's 18, she's 16. Like, put it together. Like, what's the problem? Why are we not doing this here? I don't understand. Right. I'm curious what, how, what you all think about the fact that one of the biggest differences between the original movie and this movie to me was that the the, the male romantic lead really didn't seem like he was in on the joke to get Rachel. Like, I mean, he clearly he was complicit in earlier stuff with the book and the points and all that stuff. But the whole, like, filming them having sex, he had no idea that was happening. He should have, probably. Right. But, like, he just seemed a little more innocent than the than the guy from the original movie. Tommy and then was she also left... innocent. Was mm -hmm. he? I didn't know yeah. that. He took a puppy okay. to the head because he was not in. Because they even <laughs> have a similar, even though I'm gonna call both of them out, and I do this all the time. Jesse literally does the same thing that Tommy does when Tommy tries to like force the date. When Tommy pulls up to Carrie's house, and she's like, "Girl, my mama's home. You need to go. Like, you're gonna get me <laughs> in trouble. Like, can you leave? I'm not gonna leave until you say yes." Jesse does the same thing to Rachel. Like, girl's trying to go to class. She's not trying to talk to you because you fucking on uh, Tracy. And she just like, okay, can you just like leave me alone? He's like, I'm not gonna go until you say yes that we can have a date. I don't even like Tracy. I just she's just there. She said no. Why are you forcing her? She doesn't right. want to go on a date. But I do agree he is a bit more innocent because I mean throughout the entire movie you can tell he has more of a sensitive side and he's only doing this because these are his friends. And speaking of that list, I screenshot that list. The rules of this game. May, may yeah. I? Yes, please. Yes, please. I no, John ain't no, I'm silly with the screenshots. I do not play. Okay, rules of the game. Game lasts the entire duration of football season. Winner is the one with the highest point total over the course of the game. Winner receives one keg of beer of their choice to be purchased by the other players. Are you kidding me? That's it. That's all one I did. keg? Honest, I hate women. One keg. Listen, it gets worse. Point values are assigned by the following criteria. Low jobs are worthy of one point. Swallowing gives you an extra point. To remain in the competition, you must score at least five points per month. Add one point for each article of clothing kept from the girl. If witnessed by other members, an additional, it's cut off, something points. Negative one point for eating pussy. And then bonus points for exotic location. Negative one point for eating pussy. <laughs> <laughs> what type of shit is this? <laughs> I read that. I said no. See, oh. automatically, dry, leave, leave my house, leave my house, <laughs> just leave, go. I'm done. Listen, I, I just, men are not okay. Um, <laughs> I, I can't, I don't know what to do with myself after that. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna refrain from speaking for a moment. I need to collect my thoughts. And like, who, what girl let somebody keep her clothing? Tracy. Yes. <laughs> I was rolling around her underwear. I was like, yeah. You just put your jeans back on. You didn't need the beard. You weren't wondering what happened to them things? You were like, right. I was wearing something else. Where'd that go? Listen. <laughs> Tracy is a mood, and it's not a good mood. Exactly. <laughs> she is in pursuit of being a footballer's wife. She's looking at that trailer and his job as a car salesman, and that's all she ever aspired to be. <laughs> she want to be a wag, wives and girlfriends badly. That's what she want to be. Right? <laughs> like, okay. They didn't even care about his feelings. He's just trying to, you know, share. And she's like, yeah, but Mark's party. Girl, he's trying to be vulnerable with you. Lisa you don't wasn't anybody. Listen. And she was just so thirsty. So thirsty. Because she was just like, let me let me get in on this like plot to like fuck up Rachel because I'm going to seduce him. And she's like, why won't you look at me? I'm in my bra in front of you. And he's like, also, I'm bored. Why was this girl in a strapless bra and what in a strapless dress? 
If it's your good bra, it's your good bra. But also, I don't. That like was not a good bra. It was. It was like it was like I can stick my hand down if I can yeah, no. down the front, girl. You need right. a tighter one. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, granted, yeah, I don't. That was like this. Right. <laughs> granted, I don't wear bras, but most of my female friends or fam friends don't like. They're uncomfortable with a strapless bra because I mean, that's just kind of like pulling it up every two seconds. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so if you don't need it, why you gotta know? Exactly. He's like, um, we're gonna be late for the party. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, sis, you should have known when he dropped you off that night and he didn't watch you get into the house and he just skir- skirted off. That's when right. you should have known that he right. wasn't into you, sis. He's like, yeah. I got my three points. You're good. <laughs> you may leave. <laughs> and then that's the thing. Only eight points. I was like, damn. Right. Clearly, <laughs> these girls needed a gay friend to be like, girl, what are you doing? What are you doing? Can we oh, out? Because can we talk about that little sub friend? I don't even know his name, and I've seen this movie so many times, and I'm like, I'm gonna learn this boy name, but I never learned his name. Uh, the, yeah, so I don't after know. His name. Lisa passes. It's when I guess the first encounter that Rachel and Jesse kind of have outside the classroom. Mm-hmm. And the guy comes up. He's like, "What did he say to you?" I said, "Who are you? Why, why would she tell you? Where did you come from?" It wasn't like I said. Like, had they had more of the friendship dynamic between Rachel and Lisa, and you could have even brought this boy in. And then he's two faced because later on in the movie, he was sniggling and giggling with the rest of them when they was plotting on Rachel. And I was just like, mm-hmm. "He also has a really cringe line." When the other football team comes through with the with the eggs, yeah, and he has a joke line, and I was like, Ugh. It, it was it was why do the innocent always get hit in the drive by? I was just like, we needed somebody to come. Y'all brought in a new director. We just needed to bring in a whole new team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Super cringe. Yeah. No, like this movie was a movie where you knew no one who worked on it had peace because it was so rushed and so tacky in all facets. Like, even, like, the CGI of, like, the tattoo becoming all the vines on her. I was like, who took a Sharpie to this baby? What happened? No, I remember when I was younger, I was terrified. (laughs) But, like, it was 98, so I was, like, no, 99. So I was, like, six, seven. I don't know. I was some age. I was tiny. But I was just like, now, hold up. Like, if we had seen it, like, maybe, like, throughout the movie, like when she gets upset in her rage, we had to seen it like slowly like getting bigger or something like that, then that would have been, you know, when it finally takes its final form and goes all over her body, then that would have been more cool for me. But when it just started transforming, I'm like, now hold it. And Carrie didn't get no tattoos. No, this this was messy behavior. Someone didn't watch the first movie or read that book, and they were like, "I'ma just have a girl that can do stuff with her mind," and I like the image of a tattoo taking over her body. And I'm like, "No, you don't. Just stop. <laughs> Sit down. Sit the down." The CGI department was like, "Can we do this, please? We haven't done anything. It's a whole movie." <laughs> oh no, 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 no. Let me tell you something about the CGI department. And like I said, y'all, don't get me wrong. I absolutely love this movie, but huh? <laughs> so, um. I wish, I wish they would have done more with the CGI tattoo. But did y'all, do y'all know there was an ultimate ending to this movie? And it is. Excuse you. And I'm so happy they took it out. They took it out. So <laughs> when Rachel tiptoes through the tulips into uh, Jesse's room at King's University, haha. Mm. Um, when in the original ending, you know, she shatters to pieces. But in the alternate, the first original ending, and Kat Shea was like, no, this is how they wrote it in the script. And we tested it, and the audiences was like, uh, no. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I agree, too. But there's a CGI snake that shoots out of Rachel's mouth into Jesse's mouth and sends him into the mirror. And he, like, is trying to, like, get it off of him. I'm like, now, where did this come from? Where did, why a snake? It's like that Final Destination snake in four with all that bad CGI. It was just like that. I was just like, (laughs) I'm glad y'all have changed it. Like, because, but with the tattoo, I don't know, because just like you said, it it definitely looked like they just took a little sharpie and it was just like, like a little spirit of Halloween paint. (laughs) That's what it looks like. I was like, dang, we couldn't like. 
I don't know, put some blood around it. Like maybe if it had been like bloody while it was growing, that would have looked 20 times better. Something yeah. like that. I don't know. Because right now it looks like somebody's parent forgot to get them a Halloween costume. And they're like, come here. And they're going to draw some shit on you. Go ahead. You a cat. Yeah, because Jess, Jess already has like the flower and the rose thing going on with the sequence. Yeah. So I see where y'all was trying to go with it. But it was just like, y'all didn't, y'all missed the mark. Yeah, and and I don't know about y'all, but I clocked that almost every single one of these high school students had a tattoo. Now, when I was in high school, I was like, when one person got a tattoo, I was like, oh my god, they got a tattoo. I guess maybe 1999, everybody was getting tattoos. I don't know, but she had a tattoo. Her friend had a tattoo. Jesse had a tattoo. Uh, <laughs> Jesse had like surprised. two tattoos. I know my sisters. They were born in uh, what 77, 78. Yeah, they're Irish twins. They had, I love y'all. Sorry, guys. Terrible <laughs> tattoos in high school. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I love them to death, and they probably will never hear this. It's fine. But one of my sisters got like this arm tattoo, and it's oh my God, it's just like Rachel's. It's a heart with a cross going through it. And I was just like, why did you, what made you get that, sis? Like, it's okay, whatever. I know a few people with that heart crossed through a tattoo. Listen, and they're all like in their late 40s, early 50s right now. And then their other thing, they love the Looney Tunes. It was Taz tattoos and Tweety Bird tattoos. I'm calling all y'all out right now. I know a couple of people with Tweety Bird tattoos too. Yeah, I, was just like, I think that was I think that was just the thing then because now I think we just kind of like we I don't know. I can't defend us now because we be doing some out there stuff too, like putting jewels in our forehead and stuff, but yeah. I it was the no. It was the tribal tattoos in the 90s that took me out. Because they're like, it means water, but it don't. <laughs> I was like, that's what you give trying to steal something from another culture. Exactly. <laughs> Y'all here running around with pan down your ass because you thought it meant water or life. <laughs> they got the little Chinese tattoos. they like, it means love. It means junk. Yeah, right? yeah. when Britney Spears had that happen to her, she got an Asian symbol of some kind, and she thought it meant one thing, and it meant like sex or something. Didn't Ariana Grande have that happen to her? Yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> it was right. one of her finger tattoos, I think. Yeah, it meant like barbecue or something. I don't know. I could be making that up. It meant something. No, crazy. she she. I don't know what the meaning was, but yeah, it was. It was one she thought it was. Even you got yeah, something deep, but it says gummy bears, <laughs> and you're like, look. <laughs> I'm well read. It's like no, you're not. <laughs> yeah, like you didn't, you didn't do no research. You didn't ask somebody. Why did you get? What made you do that? Mm -hmm. Out of all things, but why that? Right, right. That's what I want to know. Right. <laughs> Just put it in English. If you want a word on your body? Put it in English. Like, you know, like the little tattoo y'all all love. And here I am pooping on somebody else that got this tattoo, but it's okay. Like that little fearless tattoo. I'm like, okay, Swifty. All right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's the Casamigos. I'm <laughs> not the Casamigos. I love it. <laughs> I'm just waiting for fools to run out with folklore tattoos. <laughs> Please don't. Please don't. If you're listening and you're thinking about this, stop. Stop. This is your PSA. <laughs> Welcome to Fair Street, where we're warning you about your tattoos. <laughs> so one of, one of the filmmaking choices that really confused me, I just didn't see why I needed to be there, was when it switched to black and white all the time. I was like, I know you're just trying to be cool, but like, what are you trying to tell me right now? I'm confused. <laughs> And see, if they had a kept that consistent, like if you had only done it when Rachel was getting upset, I could have took that. I could have accepted that. But y'all was just doing it willy nilly all the time. Like anything was happening, especially. OK, well, I guess she was getting upset at that point. But when they come pull the prank on their house and they're like banging on her windows. First of all, where was we going with this? What was the point? Why do we do this? <laughs> like, and why her parents saw them run off. Why were the parents like? Who was that? Why'd they break my window? It said they blamed it all on Carrie or not Carrie on Rachel. Yeah. Her foster parents. Her foster parents were just there to be in her shit. That was their one purpose. wanted that three hundred dollars. That was it. Okay, that's with, <laughs> and then three hundred dollars a month. I was like, what was we doing with that? But then again, it was nineteen ninety nine. But I'm like, what was we doing with this? What? what? Right. Y'all got cereal. Also, she says <laughs> that she visits her mom, but we never see them interact. No. 
No. Until until the, at the end when she dies. But like Yeah. There's a deleted scene of it, but they chose to take it out because they was like they really wanted to make it seem like she was alone. And when you when I watched the scene, the mom well originally the mom wasn't supposed to be like a Margaret White ripoff. It was no religion involved at all. But then when Kat Shea came in, she was like, Okay, well let's just make that connection here because why else would she smack her daughter in the face with a red paintbrush? <laughs> so they was like, well, let's make that happen. And when you see the scene of Rachel going to visit her at Arkham, she's pretty like sane. Like she's just like, yeah, when I get out of here, I'm gonna make you all those crates like you love and because they have a whole conversation, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, it's nothing like, well, I can't say there's nothing wrong with her, but she wasn't giving the same character that was in the beginning of the movie. So I don't know if that's why they decided to cut it out, but maybe, I don't know, maybe if they had shown her mom like being like neglectful to her, even when she went to go visit her, like maybe if she was just like, I don't want to be, I don't want to see you. Like the devil is in you, like constantly reminding her of this. Mm -hmm. And that probably would have been a lot more impactful than just not right. seeing her at all. Yeah, because right now her mom is kind of something else that just stalls this movie because she's got like four or five scenes and they don't mean anything. They don't add anything because you see her as a child hit her with a brush and you're like, oh, this woman's having a moment. And then she goes away. <laughs> and then you see her when Sue Snail is like, I think your daughter's another Carrie. I need your backstory. And she's like, oh, let me get lucid. <laughs> and then they escape so they can kill Sue. And then she can go hold her daughter while she dies. And I'm like, you you were not necessary. You, yeah. You did the least. Like, right. I wish they just would have let that be Sue's entire role. Like, just let mm -hmm. Sue have all that. Let Sue literally be that person that's trying to help her. Yes, because she's trying to avenge what she did in high school. But just let her do that. Like, if the mom's not going to be there, then let us know, like, the mom really don't mess with Rachel because she thinks mm -hmm. the devil's in her baby. Like, let yeah. us just go with that rhetoric versus y'all trying to like bring her back you need to tell rachel who her daddy is girl no we don't she'll right. care she, also, she really don't <laughs> I, I i understand this was made in 1999 but also with that character too we get the problematic use of mental health and saying oh she has i think they'd say she has schizophrenia mm -hmm. and then they're like when you get better and i was like you don't get better with schizophrenia <laughs> like you just no. you have you're, you have schizophrenia like yeah, that's not, not like, like the flu. Yeah, you don't like go have some fluids for a couple weeks. That's yeah. an ongoing situation. I, I, let's just circle back to Sue though, because like literally her only purpose is to be like, this is a tie into the original movie. This is a tie into the original movie, and then they kill her. And I'm just like, why do you even waste her time? Because that was the most wasted death of the movie. Why is she peeping oh, through the opposite that. side of a peephole? Oh, so you see. The way the door is constructed, there's a door and then there's those two long windows. Mm -hmm. You've seen what was going on. You've seen people running. You heard screaming. Why? What made you do this? Like, mm -hmm. why? What was that about? I was so upset. I'm like, as I said, y'all could have just kept the mom out. They could have been like, and then they gave us a little friends reference. Rachel with Monica, like, y'all could have just let that happen. They could have went or she could have just went by herself to the party, found Rachel. If y'all wanted to kill her then, like in an accident or something, and then Rachel really felt like she was alone, I would have took that. Like, if it was a total accident, she didn't mean to kill her, which I mean, okay, in the movie canon, she didn't know that she was there and it was an accident. But if she had seen her and Sue really had been trying to help her, like, no, you got to stop, you got to chill. And like, I don't know, a beam fell down, something happened. I don't know. I would have took that a lot more than what y'all gave me because that was a waste. Mm -hmm. I wasted her time. She got a check, but y'all wasted her time. Yeah, yeah, especially because, like, again, she's done this before, so why are you even out here fucking with telekinetic people? Like, <laughs> it did not work out for you and yours last time. Wouldn't you be like, I have to quit this job and leave this town? This is about to happen again, and no one's listening to me. Mm -hmm. It's like so many ways they could have tackled that suit character, and I'm just like, <sighs> yeah, yeah. They saw what they could do, and then they did what they were going to do anyways, <laughs> um, which was this whole movie's metaphor. It's like, here's what we could do, but we're not going to. <laughs> and oh my God, the shade of it all is Brian De Palma, the director of the original one, literally said that in the interview. He was like, <laughs> so it's so many. Okay, and like I said, yo, I love all of love them, except that fucking 2013 one. I hate that one. But <laughs> he was like, we see all these 
remakes and I just sit and watch like this is exactly what I didn't want to do and here you are doing it okay I was like oh <laughs> I just would have stopped at that point I wouldn't direct anything else after he said that I'm like oh okay <laughs> <laughs> one of the other things about this film compared to the first one is that they the the bullies in quotation marks are so much worse I feel like and this one because they're they're not even just like oh she's ugly or oh she's weird they're like they're not they don't matter they're not human beings like when that girl kills herself and he's like filming the dead body that was, I was just like you're gross and I can't wait to watch you die <laughs> I definitely think that there's a commentary hidden under all of this stuff that like <laughs> makes it such a 90s movie um and that's just that like teenagers especially men teenagers are trash because like the football team is terrorizing her because she might say something they think she might say something and said so them owning up the, to their own shit they're like we're white males and we're privileged so therefore we must like blame all of our she problems might, yeah on her she might, she might tell the truth yeah she right. might know the truth and she might tell it so let's go torture her real quick um and even like jesse's making excuses for them he's like oh they were just they're fucking around not to go talk to them like no your posse just went ahead and terrorized your girlfriend last night. Why aren't you upset? Why are you not angry? Why don't you? Why are you not here for her? Why are you trying to downplay it? You're also shit, Jesse. The coach making the oldest looking one take his pants down so he can like check for tampon strings. Uh, the lack of accountability. The whole movie. Just all the men were like, "Nothing's my fault. I did nothing. You can't prove I just did this thing. I just did. <laughs> it wasn't me." And I was like, "Who the fuck are y'all? We saw you. We saw all of you." Even perfect example, and to add to that point with the coach, there's a deleted scene that he's making them eat raw meat right after he made him drop his. Yes, like this is raw or something like that. I was just like, oh, well, damn. Um, I don't think okay, you can so do now, that. Now I your guess. whole team dies with salmonella. You're welcome. Who does the hired at the school? Exactly, exactly. But look, we're in Maine, though, and I mean, okay, you know what, Stephen King, I'm not gonna do that to you. I'm so sorry you did that because you weren't even involved. So I take that back. But <laughs> when it came to the scene where they were trying to figure out what they were going to do with Eric, and his dad comes in trying to be all mm. big pants and blazer and stuff, I I was just like, okay, so the actual DA is played by the director, Cat Shay, the woman that's just the blonde woman just sitting there not saying anything trying to make a case all the men just come in there and they're just like hey yo these families prominent in the community we not doing this all right bye thanks for your time yeah what no and again that could have been a commentary because i think one of the i think the father is like well you're not going to bring all these promising young men's lives are you mm -hmm. and that could be a commentary but we bury it because we're trying to figure out how to be spooky and tell carrie again <laughs> so we don't get it because even like fucking Mark is like, she might accuse him of statutory rape. That's the worst thing that could ever happen. Like, is it though, good sir? Is it? Since when does statutory rape equal youthful transgressions? Right, right, right. <laughs> and just like the way the football team treats women the whole fucking movie. Like we could have had a good movie under here. Mm -hmm. I see the breadcrumbs and right. they were just like, we see it and we're going to swerve. We're going to yeah. go the opposite direction. We're going to dodge it like nail net looking for money on my student loans. Yeah. And I'm like, you couldn't, you couldn't just talk to them. You couldn't connect it a little bit. I mean, honestly, I think this movie would have been better served if they just did not make it a carry movie. Just right. Call it the rage or call it the, the, the curse. The curse. Whatever, whatever, yeah. yeah. Whatever it was going to be called, just left it at that. And if people wanted to draw similarities, then let them do it. That's fine. Yeah. It probably would have helped better. Right. Had it been like that right. Either. Similar to that Friday the 13th film, which is a whole other <laughs> conversation. But when the girl has telekinetic powers and the film, I think the filmmakers even come out and said, or at least other podcasts have, that it's basically Carrie White versus Jason. And, I say that all the time. I'd yeah. be like, oh, Carrie versus Jason? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. I like that one. But they never say that, so they don't have to make all these like weird connections and right. sister brothers and the dad was... <laughs> 58 and impregnated a 20 year old like <laughs> I, again mm, again i feel like if we just let more women handle things especially because like we're in a month where like black women are doing the fucking things that people have to give them their credit like if we just had more black women doing things even in the 90s this could have been a real movie because we could have had all of this like tension and all of this like power dynamic and all mm -hmm. of this system and have this girl who's like fucking pissed about it unleash and that's our movie we didn't need to be like mm, 
we kind of want to cash out some of the Stephen King coin. Um, right. <laughs> how can we tiptoe into it? What get Sue Snell in? Right. <laughs> that name, Sue Snell. When he's done, he's done. He's like, you know what I'm not going to do? Give her a real name. Here's my novel. I mean, Diablo Cody did the same thing to um, Jennifer Check from Jennifer's Body. Did no. Literally did the same thing. She was like, oh, I forgot to give her a last name. She got a check mark by her name. Okay, let's just make it Jennifer Check. All right. Sorry. I forgot, girl. Sorry. That's really what she did. Like, when she names her character, she'll, she'll write, like, Trent, check. Drake, check. Johnny, check. AJ, check. And then she'll go back and give him a last name. And she forgot to give Jennifer a last name. She was just like, oh, well, Jennifer Check. Okay, there we go. That's her, that's her name. That's her name. For that's hysterical. <laughs> she messy. <laughs> or, real or like, I think, I know my boyfriend and I are reading um, Stephen King's book. It's like a, a biography. And his babysitter, he can't remember her name. And I think he just names her Olabola. <laughs> Never her name. Ola Bola. And I might even be saying that wrong, but I know it's something along that line. Like he just couldn't remember. So he literally writes Ola slash Bola. Like Ola Bola. That's her name. I can't with Steven. I just this man. It's like I just be like, you're a hot mess, but I love you and I appreciate you. You're a hot ass mess. And sometimes you be doing some things and I just no. Some things. Yeah, you be doing some things, Stephen. But <laughs> he's I'll like, be here. He's like, I heard there's a category called problematic fave, and I'd like to be number one in that category. And I was like, Stephen, <laughs> have other goals. <laughs> <laughs> when the best friend jumps off the building, I was like, oh, that sucks. Especially when she likes it touches the blood. That was weird. But like then later on that night, her dog gets ran over. I was like, what are you going to put this girl through? And then she goes to eat dinner with blood all over. Thank you. And then everyone's like, she's confused. And everyone's like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, you got drab all over your shirt. Right. You it's not Halloween, okay? You can't just, it's not like, uh, was that Idle Hands that did that? Like, it happened to be Halloween, so he was fine with just walking around with blood all over him. You can't be doing this. I know people in Maine just be like, you see what you got us looking like over here? You got us looking like <laughs> Nice over here, right? <laughs> Stephen okay. has not helped tourism for Maine. No. I don't know. <laughs> Just go to see his house, and that's it. That's the state it. of Maine that needs to sue, sue Stephen King for <laughs> hurting their tourist business. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, "Why can't you write about Kansas? That's a whole ass state over there." <laughs> yeah, you got no memories over there. Uh, <laughs> Oh, also, but we should we should say that I'm pretty sure that the cafe scene is the only time we see people of color in this entire film. Because those two extras were definitely not white. And Actually, were, I got to bring up another part where you see people of color. Oh, Why no was one? it? Yes. When they were fighting in the locker room, while the lone black yeah. people had to break up the fight. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, no, I've seen, because I, like I said, like, I didn't seen it so many times, so now when I watch it, I'll be looking at different stuff. You get a few different sprinkles. Like, I know it's a girl in the classroom when they do the Carrie and Tommy split diopter scene. It's a girl in there, like John A. said, okay. and like you said, in the cafeteria. They're sprinkled out, but also, this is one of them things where I'm like, I'm glad y'all ain't put us in y'all mess. You didn't need to be here. No, I really do be feeling that. Like sometimes I'd be like, okay, y'all could have put y'all could have put us up in here. And then sometimes I'm like, you know what? I'm glad you didn't. Monopoly. We good. We can we'll just hang out in the back. We cool. Right. I'm glad none of us, I don't I don't recall seeing any of us at the party, and that's fine. Protect us. We good. We cool. No. This is also one of the few times we don't we get no female nudity, and we get lots of male bo booties up in this thing. We get some side boob in that video. Oh, but that's was, true. The sex video. Yeah. 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 We're so used to horror movies being full on. These are her nipples. Also, her eyes might be somewhere in the frame. That we just that <laughs> 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 we forget. <laughs> yeah, it's just like this is just I, my screen is filled with boobs. What is even happening? Well, they're at a football game. You see how? <laughs> <laughs> What does this have to do with football? Like, I don't understand. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> How are you auditioning people for this movie if all we ever see are her books? I don't want to know. Can yeah. you talk about Monica's yeah. funny ass? 
for two seconds. Yes, please. I was really over her. But also, oh no, time out, time out. That makeup lady that was clocking Rachel. I'm like, girl, leave that girl alone. She's not even trying to steal. She's just trying to look. You was really clocking her. It made me think of a different world when uh, <laughs> when Whitley went to that store and that lady kept trying to follow her, trying to see what she was doing. I'm like, sis, you need to worry about Monica, who's a little klepto over here. Klepto, your mom's in same class with me. So we cool. You can do what you want to do whole time. She the one with the five finger discount. But I was just very happy to see Monica die the way she did. I was excited. I'm like, you needed that because you was definitely two-faced yes. and you deserved that. Like, if you wear glasses, I'm so sorry because that is probably terrifying to see those glasses right. like that into your eyes. But I was Oh, but then she turned around and shot a dude in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> It's like the kills in this movie, except for Sue's, except for Sue's. But the kills in this movie, I like. I was just like, yes, because y'all deserved it. Mark, I guess drowning is bad. I don't know. I haven't drowned. Sorry to those who know somebody that has. But I'm just like, I feel like that's probably slow and painful. But I just wanted more for him. Like, I wanted him to get ran over. I wanted him to get crushed, burnt, something. Because he, he deserved it. He needed to something. Which is really interesting for that actor because he came from Home Improvement <laughs> and he's like the little bro the big brother, like everyone, you know, had big teen crush with Jonathan Taylor Thomas. That's yeah. why he looks so familiar. Yeah. yeah, and now he's being toxic and rage. Right, and even Tracy, I like. See, this is my type of kill. My type of killer is on site. We don't do that waiting, even though I like Freddie and he be fucking playing, but he's a different case. But I love killers that it be on site. Because when Rachel saw Tracy walking in with Jesse, she said, mm -hmm. <laughs> on top of you, dead. It's, I don't even want to hear it. It's over. <laughs> right? <laughs> on site. That's the type of on site I need in my horror. Okay? I just okay. need you to do it. Don't be playing. I don't need you to spook. Like, just yeah. real quick. Yeah. Like, sometimes you just got to clear a bitch real quick. We don't yes. need to give a monologue. Just clear. Mm -hmm. Nope. Yeah. No, I got I got annoyed because Jesse was like, let's have a conversation about our relationship while things are crumbling. And she was like, okay. And I'm like, no, no, just kill him. And that's another reason I was like, this is written by a dude, because like we're giving this man way too much <laughs> time and attention. She has killed a house full of people. She just murdered like her whole class. And she's like, I'm gonna talk to you though, because I had feels for you yesterday. And I'm like, no, use a badass bitch. You don't need no man. Set him on fire. <laughs> He's the only survivor. Well, him and the the spectators. I also love that this party had like a tailgate party along with the party, <laughs> and the people who couldn't get into the party. Like, what is the party outside your gate? Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy the music from over here in the nosebleed. This time. Such a sad town. Such a sad town. <laughs> All right, are you ready to get into hot takes? Let's get spicy. Mine's not right. Well, mine's kind of spicy today. Anyway. Do you want to kick him off, Jenna? Because I feel like <laughs> we just keep talking over you. Do you want to kick off the hot takes? Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't even know if mine is really a hot take. I really just, overall, I really like this movie. And my only thing that I have to say is that Jesse's friends weren't really his friends and he deserved better. Yeah. Check your friends. And sometimes your friends are your friends. And then yeah. you need to walk away. I just want to say... My hot take was that John A liked the movie and I was just ready. <laughs> <laughs> That's my hot take. John A, if y'all listen to our show, y'all know John A will just crush me. She'll be like, I know you like this, sis, but girl, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> so I was just ready for her to be like, no, sis. Uh-uh. We know. We we have to talk about the movies that you like, because girl, what? <laughs> That's not enough. No. I like no, I like this movie and I loved all the kills except for Sue's. Yeah. yeah. I agree with the kills. Right. <laughs> I, I AJ has something else. Oh. oh no, I was just gonna say I know we talked about it, but this is just like trope city. This whole movie is trope city. Like I have an extensive list and I won't get into it, but I can literally give you probably a eight-page paper on all the tropes in this movie like like i said earlier like we already have like literally carbon copies of the ones from carrie 
but of course we get butthole victims then we have like the bittersweet ending like oh well this could have been this way but this didn't happen this way then we have like the corrupt politicians and then we have well it's just so many i can just go on and on for how many tropes we had and then a lot of them they don't even go anywhere with them i'm just like okay we just did this just like we had it they just quit they were like, we started writing a thing, but we don't want to do it anymore, but we're going to film it anyways. <laughs> I was so annoyed, um, which is kind of my hot take. Like, so like I, I my hot takes is sort of in two. And this movie put way too much emphasis on virginity, which is another reason why I was like, this is written by men. <laughs> um, we had these really good conversations that we almost started with how toxic masculinity is and how sexist this town is and those could have been good arguments and threads to follow and i just feel like if we're going to reboot this again which we will because we always reboot stephen king 19 times we need women to reboot it preferably a black woman because i'm tired of seeing the same shit like rearranged (laughs) and then shoved to a different corner of maine i don't give me any more men touching this don't just don't that was part of my other hot take because y'all knew it was coming that two, that, that god awful 2013 remake. It just should have been a remake of this one. Like, cause, and I got goosebumps because I, I hate talking about this movie. But <laughs> I'd like to see a remake of this because I, you, okay, sorry to my Gen Z nieces and nephews, but y'all are annoying. <laughs> Yo, I'm I'm so sorry, but I would like to see a remake with the Gen Z Alpha generation, especially if you kill them all. Like I said, that's my motto: kill them all. But just the things that the way uh, the world has evolved now, and the way people do more research into knowing things, this movie would be one that I can actually see getting hit the right way in a remake because people actually are more into knowing what mental health is and what all goes into that. Girls are more sexually liberated now. Like, I mean, I'm not I'm not giving it to the city girls, but I'm just saying like, you know, people just wanna be out and they don't care anymore. Like they're owning this. So it wouldn't be so stuck on virginity and just like this, 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 this. It'll be fuck them boys, we don't care. Like yes. I want to see a remake of this. And I really think this generation, this era that we're in can actually do it correctly. And we can just, Wipe the existence of that god awful 2013. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so I think angry. if we do, if there is another remake of this film, I think it would be just in, in character wise and in theme. I think some queerness would help it out a, a little bit as well. Because mm-hmm. the whole time I was like, she, Rachel, just needs a gay best friend to be like, girl, here's the tea. This is what this is what's happening. There, you know, don't trust this girl because she's crazy. You know, but my hot take. Just think about this. Toxic football players in crop tops. Because <laughs> they are in crop tops nine times out of ten in that locker room. I was laughing the whole time. I was like, this costume designer was like, I'm going to put these guys in little bitty crop tops and be like, here you go. <laughs> I'm doing that in street. Just, just bring Johnny back. Just, you know. I think the costumer was liberated because they looked around and was like, I will not be the problem with this movie. Whatever I do, I'm going to have fun. <laughs> but yeah. oh, speaking of, and this is, uh, I guess this is a hot take, but Jesse, get your weight up, bro. Like, what the, those tiny ass weights you was benching? Now listen. <laughs> I, I, you know, I... I dabble in the gym. I like it. I have to say that. I'm not going to front. But I was looking at those plates, and they were literally, like, this big. Like, they were 225s and then a 5. So you was benching 60 pounds and struggling like that? Like, <laughs> yikes. And you want us to believe you're on the football team? Like, yeah. I would struggle with that, but, like, I'm not on the football team. Exactly. That's why I was just like, now hold up. He was like, really like, I was like, why are you struggling? Like, Debbie from A Nightmare on Elm Street could do that with no problem. Like, make it work. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you, AJ and Jone, for joining us on this fun little trip back to Maine. (laughs) (laughs) 
I, I, I appreciate this because we're doing a deep dive on our Patreon of Stephen King, and this one was not on the list. So I'm happy that like <laughs> we were able to talk about this one on the main feed. <laughs> yes. So yeah, everyone's listening. If you want me and Sheree talking more about Stephen King, join our Patreon because there's a, <laughs> there's even more fun to be had. <laughs> Uh, yes, yeah, so thanks everyone for listening. Next up, we have Only Lovers Left Alive with our friends from Bloody Broads. And that's going to continue our month of we get by with a little help from our friends, where we purposely invite podcasts instead of just sprinkling them around throughout the season, as we are known to do. Um, <laughs> Purposeful, yay! <laughs> Intentionality! <laughs> Again, thank you, AJ and John A. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and make sure you stay fierce out there. Bye.